Blog Talk Radio. All right, let's stand together. Let's take this a song book out. Let's turn to number 323. 323. We're going to sing Standing on the Promises this morning. Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages let His praise be free. Glory is the highest of the shout and faith, standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing, standing on the promises of God my Savior, standing. Standing, standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of doubt and fear are still, by the living word of God I shall prevail, standing on the promises of God, standing, Standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. As He made me firmly my love's strong cord, overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword. Standing on the promises of God, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises I can't Listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all, standing on the promises of God, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior, standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Amen. I have been now for 47 years, and they've never failed me. God has never let me down once. Amen. If he had, I'd tell you. Amen. Anybody in here want to give testimony and God let you down? Quiet. Amen. You know why? Because God won't fail you. Amen. He'll never fail you. Hallelujah. I guarantee you, if we wanted to, we could give some opportunities to, and let people share how God has not failed them. Amen. I guarantee you we'd get some answers on that one. But we ain't got time to stand and get testimony all day, or we'd do it. Amen. But anybody got prayer requests this morning? Or if you got a praise, hey, I'm all for that. Prayer requests this morning, anybody? Okay. Okay. We need to remember to pray for Miss Charlotte this morning. She's hurt her herself, strained her side, uh, cleaning out her deep freeze. I'll pray for her. Uh, she'll get the feeling better and muscle muscle pull. Um, 
Somebody else? Anybody else? I know a group room this size, we got some prayer requests. Don't be bashful. Brother Dan. All right. And he said this was called a watchman or something that they're going to. Anya was telling me. Uh, she can tell you all later, I guess. I'm going to find out the details on it. But but anyway, it's supposed to help him get off the blood thinners, I think is what she said. So pray for him on that.
one of my favorite songs in the book, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand, All Other Ground is Sinking Sand. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest flame, but only lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the Lord, all other ground is seeking sand. All other ground is seeking sand. When darkness fills this lovely place, I rest on His unchanging grace. In every eye I anchor holds within the veil. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. His hope is kind of his blood, the porgy in the well-made blood. And all around I will be all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is All other ground is sinking When he shall come with trumpet sound, Oh, may I then in him be pressed in his righteousness alone, long let the seven be for the throne. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. Amen. Good my tears 
different kinds of sacrifices. These people have been grown up with their whole life, and so they're used to it, and they come out of that. And Paul addressed in chapter 8 the fact that, that meat that had been offered to sacrifice these idols, was, even though a Christian can eat it because we know that an idol doesn't have any power. It's just a rock. We know that they're not real. It's just something that people have given power to because they bow down to it. But the Christian knows that that rock, that statue, has got no power over people of meat. Could we eat it and be just fine? Sure. But Paul has said in chapter 8, because some of these are weak believers, they just they haven't studied long, they haven't they haven't been in Christ long, and they they look back at that pagan temple and they feel that superstition because that was what they were in their whole life, and that, they see a Christian not eating that, they go, oh my goodness, how can they do that? And it can destroy their faith. Okay, and Paul talked about it in chapter nine, he writes as an apostle, and he could. He could expect the church to take care of his needs, his financial needs. If he had a wife, he could take care of her as well. And uh, that he had all these rights. He said, but, you know, I don't want anybody to take my glo- the glory that I'm getting serving God, and he's working with his own hands and paying his own way. And he said, I don't want any of y'all to get the glory of that. So I'm just going to prepare that, and I'll just keep on doing what I'm doing. But I want you to know that you should take care of your ministers. But he's saying, I'll, buy- I'll bypass my rights in order to more people to get saved, okay? And he goes right from that. I want you to look there in chapter 9. We'll, we'll, look at, we'll look at the last four verses there, read those so that you get a little understanding as we go into chapter 10. He says, Know ye not that they which run a race run all. He's comparing the Christian life to the Olympic Games, okay? And he said, And everyone that striveth for the mastery is tempered. In other words, everybody who wants to win is going to take care of themselves, and they're going to make sure that they don't indulge themselves in things that they shouldn't because, yeah, you can't be a tip-top athlete and eat Pizza Hut and drink milkshakes all day long. You've got, to, you've got to discipline yourself, and Paul is comparing that, and he's saying, listen, you can't, you can't be a good follower of Christ and dabble out in the temple and fool around with them people doing things you used to. You can't live the way you used to live and follow Christ. You have to discipline yourself. And so he said, I therefore, I, he, he said, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown. You know, they used to make a crown out of parsley. That don't last very long. It ain't quite like a gold medal, okay? It wilts pretty quick. He said, it's a corruptible crown, but we are incorruptible. He said, what God's going to give to us will last forever. He said, I therefore so run, not uncertainly. I'm not just running like a
one that has them fully loaded with a crew and another that's fully loaded but has no crew, nothing. Turn them both loose, one of them's going to make the destination, the other's going to be shipwrecked. And when we try to make it through this Christian land, without being prayer faithfully, we are like a ship without a captain, without a crew. We're just sailing aimlessly, and we're going to wind up. Uh, our life's going to be a shipwreck. That does not mean that does not mean you go to hell if you're a Christian and you do that. But that means your life is going to be a mess because God's not leading it, God's not directing it, and it's going to be a mess. And God does not want you to 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 live your life in such a manner because you bring shame upon the cause of Christ because you're supposed to represent Him, just like a child. Listen to me.
They were delivered, just like all of those who are saved, all the redeemed are delivered by the almighty grace of God. Every, all, them, all them Israelites were delivered, just like we were. Almighty God reached and got them, just like he reached and got you and me and brought us out of the house of bondage. And what did they do? They got to the, they, and by the way, I don't know if you know this, remember this or not, but God told them to go borrow jewels and, 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 and gold and all kinds of things from the Egyptians before they left. God didn't just save them out there. God gave them some, God gave them some treasure to take with them. All right? But they got, they got to the Red Sea, and they run out of real estate. And they looked back, and they seen a great big dust cloud coming up behind them. They said, uh-oh. Pharaoh changed his mind. He said, come kill us all. How many of y'all know the story? Y'all know the Ten Commandments story? Okay. Those who don't know the story, that's hard. I'm going to tell you. And Moses, following the commandment of God, lifted up his staff, and the Bible says that the water parted, and it stood up as a heap on either side, and the ground, God dried the ground up, and the Israelites, that whole nation, walked between the waters on dry ground to the other side. Now, when they took off walking, listen, they made a choice. We're not going to stay in Egypt. We're going with you. Moses, you are our leader. We are associating ourselves with you as our leader. Pharaoh is no longer our boss. Okay? That is what baptism is. I want you to understand what baptism is. Baptism, when, when I baptize somebody in this baptistry, Jackie, I baptize you in here. When I baptize you, I said, I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Buried together with him the likeness of his death, raised to walk in newness of life. Now, what was I doing? I was associated, you were associating yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. I explained that like a policeman, if you walk into a grocery store, he's standing there paying for his bread and his milk and things, and he's dressed in clothes like I got on, or blue jeans, or overalls, or whatever. He ain't got on the policeman uniform. You don't know that's a cop, but you know in person. But if he has his uniform on, he's associated himself with the police department, and you know Horeb. The rock of Horeb is this great big rock. It's in Saudi Arabia now. Okay? 
this huge tall rock. And even today, if we, some way we could drive over there or fly over there, sail over there, however we got there, if you were to get there and walk, uh, walk up there and look, this huge rock, and right down the middle of it is a split. And right below, I mean, in the middle of nowhere, there's no, there's no ocean, there's no, there's no river. Right in the middle of the desert, you can see where the water has carved out the rocks, a gush of water, not a trickle, but a gush of water, because it was millions of Jews, and they got them enough water to feed them and all their flocks and everything else. So that rock still stands there today as a testimony to what God did. God poured water out of that rock. Amen? Now, why, what is the significance of that? Well, that rock is Christ. Amen? That rock pictures Christ. He is the rock of our salvation. All right? Let, let's, let's, look, let's look a little further in our text. All right? The Bible said there, and they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and they did all eat that spirit, same spiritual meat, and they did all drink that same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Again, that rock that they're, that they're talking about is the Lord Jesus Christ. And I know this may sound confusing. You say, wait a minute, I thought Jesus died on the cross years later and later. Yes, but you understand that he's the Son of God. Amen? we got God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, and they've always been and always will be. Jesus wasn't hid somewhere. Jesus was right there in the thick of things in the Old Testament. He just wasn't in a body on earth. Amen? But everything God the Father did, God the Son's right there with him. Amen? So, I'm, I'm, and I'm rambling, I ain't got into the message. i got to get into this message. Now, I want you to understand that there are a lot of things in the Old Testament that pictures what happened in the New Testament, all right? And the picture, that, that, that rock of Horeb, again, the first time, when, when, when they went up to it, how did they, how did they get the water out of it? God told Moses, he said, you walk up there, you take that rod, you put that. And when he stroked that rock, water starts pushing out of it. What's the significance? Striking the rock. That's the name of Jesus on the cross. And out of him came the water was. Amen? All right? Now, that second time they approached that rock, later on, and God told him, go up there and say, strike the rock? No. What did he tell you to do? He said, speak to it. Right? Now, what's the significance of that? Well, listen, when I came to Jesus Christ, he was crucified for me, amen, and I believed on him as my Savior, but when I come back to him, I don't have to, he's not going to be crucified again for me, he was only crucified once for me. So, when I come back to him, or when I meet with him, I strip to speak to him, amen? That's why the picture is that. But the, the, the picture is that way, but Moses got angry at the children of Israel, and he said, he, he got mad, he took the rock, and he struck that rock again. And God poured the water out, but you know what? Because Moses didn't obey, there was a penalty. Moses didn't get to go in the promised land. God killed Moses on Mount Nebo. He told Moses, you're about to die, so you're going to die right here. And Moses was in his full, he had full strength. He was a strong man when he died. I'm, 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 I'm going to get into the message now, all right? All right, verse 3 and 4. And they did eat that same spiritual meat. And that all drink that same spiritual drink. What in the world are we talking about? It means they believed. They all drew. The Bible says that that that, that they drew they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Take your Bible if you got it there in your lap and turn to John six. We're gonna to turn to quite a few places this morning because we're gonna follow these things through the Old Testament. We're gonna go back to the New Testament, we're gonna flip back and forth. All right. 
where he references spiritual meat and spiritual drink. In John 6, 24 through 33, Jesus, uh, Jesus had fed uh, the people, and the Bible said, and when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, because uh, he fed them the day before, they took shipping. That means they got in the boat, and they came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they had found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, so sheepishly, Rabbi, when came us thou hither? How'd you get over here? <laughs> like they wasn't looking for him. They act like they just happened to find him there. That's kind of funny because they, they, were, they were hungry. They said, hey, he fed us yesterday. I reckon he got some more food. Let's go find him. And then when they showed him, it's like, oh, funny, it's meeting you here. Yeah. But, you know, you can't fool Jesus, amen. And Jesus answered him and said, verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek, you seek me not because you saw the miracle, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Y'all just coming to get some food. You want physical food. You just want a meal. Y'all looking for welfare. And he said, labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give you for him hath the Father sealed. Well, what does he say? He says, labor for the meat which endureth everlasting life. He's talking about spiritual food. He's not talking about, he's not talking about meat and potatoes. He's talking about the truth of God. He's talking about the bread of life, the real, what God has given us. Amen. The, the, the truth of God is what he's referring to, and he is the truth. He inhabited a body, but he is God in the flesh. And he tells them, don't, don't, don't pay me across the Sea of Galilee trying to find me to get fed. Listen, he said, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't paddle across the water trying to find a meal. He said, listen, if you're coming, if you're coming for, 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 the, for the meat from heaven, hey, come on. But don't, don't, don't paddle all the way over here to get another, get another biscuit and some fish. Listen. He said, I'm, I'm, I'm what you need. I have what you need. Then, then said they unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath sent. Jesus said, Listen, it's not, it's not what I can give you, it's what I am. Amen? I, I can give, it's, not the, it's not the physical thing I give You're looking at the physical. I'm talking about the spiritual. What had he done? He had broke, he had broke a fine loaf and two fishes and fed 12,000 people. Okay? That, 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 that's a big deal. I say 12,000. It could be more than that because it was 5,000 men, but they had wives and they had children. Who knows how many? It could be 15,000, 20,000. But they, he had done a miracle. But why? He was showing he was God. Because the Jews require miracles to see that this is God working. And Jesus had done it, but they, they, they couldn't see that. That wasn't what they wanted. They didn't want God. They wanted to be fed. And Jesus told them, he said, listen, he that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me and I in him. You've got to want me, not just what I can do for you. You should want me, a relationship with me. I'm skipping because i got, I got to run out of time. And he told them that. He told them, he said, listen, It ain't about, it ain't about this physical stuff. You need, you need the, the food that comes from heaven. In other words, again, the word of God, the truth that will save your soul. That's what you need. And he was trying to tell them that in, in 
verse 66 in that chapter says, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. They had followed him up to that point. But when he started talking spiritual matters and trusting him and believing on him as being God and being able to save their soul, they didn't want to part of that. That's when they walked away. Now look at verse 5 in our text this morning. The Bible talking about these Israelites crossing the Red Sea. The Bible says, but with many of them, God was not well pleased. He wasn't happy with them, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Instead of following God, something drew them aside. Something caused them to not please God anymore. Something caused them to fall down. What happened? Well, there was no evidence of faith in some of them. They just absolutely didn't follow God at all. They just went because it was either die or let's see what happened. They have followed the religious crowd. Listen to me. There's a lot of people like that. They followed religious crowd, but they suddenly found themselves with no faith. And the Bible says in Hebrews 11:6, but without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him. Again, not what he can do for them, but him. Amen? It's, it's not about... It's not about what God could do for you. It's about the relationship that you have with him. It's about him being your father and you being his child and you loving him and you trusting him. First, uh, 2 Corinthians thirteen five, Paul said, examine yourselves, whether you be in the faith. Again, that, not that you're just blind and walking along behind other Christians and, and going where they go, but you know that you're going somewhere too. You've got a purpose. You're headed for heaven, but you've trusted Christ. You can't get to heaven following somebody else's faith. Amen? You're not going to get there on mom and daddy's faith. You say, oh, no, no. Oh, my, my grandpa was a preacher now. I'm telling you, my grandpa was a yeah, but that won't get you to heaven. It made no difference who, who did what. It's up to you. Everybody's going to stand for their own self. Everybody's going to have to answer for their own. What they've done with Jesus. And I ask you this morning, I don't know what invitation is but what have you done with Jesus? Who is he to you? Is he your Savior? Because if he's not, he'll be your judge. I can assure you that. He tells us to prove your own self. He goes, check yourself out. Know you not your own self, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates? Don't you know if you're saved or not? Now, he gets into the meat of this, and I'm going to hurry. i got about 15 minutes. I don't know if I can make it or not. We may have to go a little longer, but we'll, we'll try. Verse 6. Now, these things, Paul says, were our, these things were our examples to the extent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. So, again, Paul's going to go back through the things that lure people away from God. He's, going, he's warning them. He, he's addressing them. So he's dealt with the Gentiles with their pagan temples. Now he's turned to the Jews, and and he's teaching them. All right? So he says, these are our examples to the extent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Numbers 11, verse 4. And then we'll be looking at verses 31 through 34. I know you haven't got time to turn there, so let's listen. Let me read to you. All right? This is after they're already across the Red Sea. The Bible said, in the mixed multitude that was among them fell a lusting. That means there was people in that crowd that weren't in there for the right reason. 
There was people in their crowd who was who whose hearts were not right with God. There was people in that crowd who who again were not dedicated to the Lord. And the Bible said they fell lusting. So they started they started lusting after some things. Now what were they lusting after? Well, I'll tell you what they were lusting after. God gave them manna in the wilderness. You know, y'all some of y'all may not know what manna is, but manna was bread from heaven. The Bible said it tasted like it tasted like uh, uh, honey and, and, and wafers. I can't remember what it said. I think it said honey and wafers. And 
I'm sure the devil was saying to them, y'all really going to eat this manna for 40 years? You really like that stuff? I'm sure the devil was whispering in their ear. Verse 7, i got to hurry. And by the way, let me finish that thought with James 1.15. They were lusting after things that they didn't have. The Bible tells us that when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. That's the baby of lust, is sin. And sin, when it's finished, bringeth forth death, and that's what happened with them. God got enough of it. Verse 7. Neither be ye idolaters, as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Again, we, we, we're dealing with lust, we're dealing with idolatry, we're going to deal with fornication, we're going to deal with several things. Because these are the things the devil uses to pull people aside. So he told them, don't be idolaters, he said, as, as the people sat down to eat and rose up to play. Now, let me, let me just put you where we're at in Exodus 32. In Exodus 32, the story is Moses has gone up on the mountain with Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments. Okay? He's gone up there, and he's been up there a while. The Bible says there in verse 1, and when the people saw that Moses delayed to come down out of the mouth, the people gathered themselves together unto Aaron. Again, this is right after they've gone across the Red Sea. It's right after God's delivered them and swallowed up in the Red Sea the armies of Egypt. They're on the other side. You think they'd be shouting victory? Hallelujah, praise God. He's going to take care of us. Moses ain't been down in a while, so uh, get up, Aaron. That's what it says, up. Make us gods. What you doing something now, boy? Get up and make us some gods, because he's coming back. Make us gods which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, listen to their, talk, their the way they talked. As for this Moses, the man that brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we want not what is become of him. We don't know where he went. Now listen to Aaron, his brother, who ought to have had more sense. He's the, he's the high priest for crying out loud. He said to him, break off your golden earrings. You know that jewelry they gave you off where you left? Break off your golden earrings, which are in the ears of your wives, of your sons and of your daughters, and bring them to me. And the people break off the golden earrings, which were in the ears, and brought them unto Aaron. And he received them at their hand and fashioned it, with a graving tool after he had made it a golden calf, D-A-L-F. And they said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. Boy, he was confused like a termite in a yo-yo. And they rose up early on the morrow and offered offerings and brought peace offerings. And listen to this. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. So they got their tinker toys out and their Hot Wheels cars and all got down the ground to play. Got the jacks and all that and all. <clears throat> Can I tell you what that means? They had a they had a feast of food and then they Turned into a nightclub after that. There was a lot of there was a lot of scantily clad people doing some 
nasty dancing. And I can tell you that's the case because the Bible says that Moses, he said there's a sound of war in the camp. Now, what do you hear when there's war going on? You hear a lot of a lot of groaning and, 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 and hollering and all kinds of noises. Well, that's what he heard down there in the camp. Well, there wasn't a war going on. It was people down there that said, pray it. So we know what they were doing without saying it out loud, okay? So, and the Lord said unto Moses, go, get thee down for thy people which thou brought us out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them, and they have made unto them a molten, molten calf, and have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Quickly. You know what's amazing? Sometimes people will get saved, and they start to serve God, and quickly they quit serving God. Dozens and dozens and dozens of times since I've been in the They don't give God enough of a chance to lead. I'm willing to be obedient. Some little something goes wrong, and they say, oh, I didn't know what I thought he was going to do. I'm going right back to where I was. You better be careful because the devil sure wants to get hold of you. The devil sure wants to pull you aside. He sure wants to catch you off guard and drag you back into the lust and the filth of this world because I can tell you, your flesh, your flesh wants that. Your flesh has grown up in a world full of lust and filth and sin, and your flesh, your flesh is attracted to that. There's no denying that. Every single person who lives on this earth, their flesh is drawn that way if you let it take control. And ain't nothing new. I was telling my wife all this stuff yesterday. I was going to preach on it. She said, the world ain't never been no better, has it? It sure hadn't. It ain't never been better. Amen. Except before Adam and Eve fell. That's, that's, that's the only time it's ever been better. Now, let me just say to you, they turned back to the, what they were before because that calf, that wasn't, that wasn't no fluke that they had a calf. That was, that was a god that they were worshiping. That was one that they remembered. All right, verse 8. got to hurry again. Neither let us commit fornication. Not an adultery here, we're talking fornication. As some of them committed and fell in one day, three and twenty thousand. Twenty-three thousand people died as a result of turning aside from God and going to fornication, which is what? That is sex between two people who are not married. Numbers 25. If you want to turn there and look at it in your Bible, you can. If not, just listen to me read it to you. Numbers 25. One through nine, the Bible said, And Israel abode in Shittim, and the people began to commit whoredoms with the daughters of Moab. So right there next to them, they were next to Moab, the, 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 the people of Moab, which came out of incest between Lot and one of his daughters. Okay, So this was a people born out of, out of sexual perversion. And again, these daughters of Moab, well, what are they? Well, they're whores. That's the, only, that's the only word we got. That's what God calls it. Amen. He calls it harlotry or whoredom. And, and they, they came to the men of Israel and said, hey, come down and spend time with us. And so a bunch of them were drawn away and tasked to go. And, and, and they, 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 they'd get them all worked up. And they'd say, okay, now, if you want to be with me, you're going to have to bow down my God. It wasn't just that. You had to know who Baal Peor is. 
I'm not going to tell you all this because there's children in the room. But let me just say to you this. Everything that's associated with pornography could be found at the temple of Baal Peor because that's what was worshipped there. Okay? Women were worshipped there. Uh, and, and they... And the Bible says, and they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods. And the people did eat and bowed down to the gods. And Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And the Lord said unto Moses, take the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. And Moses said unto the judges of Israel, Slay ye every one of his men that are joined unto Baal Peor. And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto the brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Again, they're weeping and crying because of the sin that fell upon Israel. And here comes a man with his, with his one of them women. And he walks up with her. To the, Congress, to, the, to the place where they worship. Listen to me. Israel is to separate. They want to be a separate people away from every other people. And here they are. They're doing the very thing they're told not to. And he, he's coming in with a woman who has nothing to do with Israel. He brings her out up to the door of the congregation of the temple. And the Bible said, And Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, said, He rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand. And he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. And those that died in the plague were 20 and 4,000. 24,000 people died because of these people's sin. God's not for fornication. God's not for sexual wickedness. God's not, God, doesn't, God doesn't close his eyes and not see it. But let me tell you something. You think in a, in a Christian church, that wouldn't even be an issue. But the truth of it is, we live in a world today where it's sexual. We live in a world that is full of filth and it's full of it's full of temptation and people people got passed and sometimes the devil use their past against them and trip them up and knock them down. And I tell you right now, I don't know a man alive today who hasn't who either hasn't struggled with it or isn't struggling with it now. Because everywhere you turn, click click, there it is. It's easy. Easy to find. God help us. We live in a world full of sin and temptation and wickedness. And I'm going to tell you right now, we better pay attention to what God said. God ain't for this mess. You want to wreck your life, just keep on going because it will wreck your life. Verse 9. Neither let us tempt Christ, as some of them also tempted, and were destroyed of serpents. Well, that, that takes us to Numbers 21, 1 through 9. So, they, they tempted God, they tempted Christ, and were destroyed of serpents. And when the king Arad of the Canaanite, which dwelt in the south, heard that, the Israel, that Israel came by the way of the spies, he fought against Israel and took some of them prisoners. And Israel vowed a vow unto the Lord and said, If thou wilt indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. And the Lord hearkened to the voice of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites, and they utterly destroyed them and their cities, and he called the name of the place Hormah. And they journeyed from the Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. So God's given them victories, and now they've got to walk a long way, and they got tired. <sighs> they were 
were soon wore out. And the people spake against God and against Moses. Wherefore, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. For our soul loatheth this light bread. And they weren't talking about wonder bread, neither. They say light bread. He was talking about the manna. Amen. I know down here we call that light bread, but, it, but, but listen, they were talking about the manna. They despised the manna. And by the way, the manna is what? It's bread from heaven. Who else is bread from heaven? Jesus. He's the bread of life. Amen. They despised the manna just like people despise Jesus today. And the Lord sent fiery serpents from among the people, and they bit the people. And much of the people of Israel died. Therefore, the people came to Moses and said, We've sinned. We've spoken against the Lord and against thee. Pray unto the Lord. And he, they take away the serpents from us, and Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten, when he looketh upon it, shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass, put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. By the way, that's a picture of Jesus. Amen. Why? Why would a serpent on a pole be a picture of Jesus? Because that serpent represents sin, and Jesus became sin for us, that He might be that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Amen. He it, and his, and all the other people would look up at that serpent on the pole. If they looked at it, they'd live. Amen. And listen to me. What we must do is look to Christ and live. Amen. He is our salvation. The Bible says again, He made Him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse 10, we're almost there, y'all. Neither were he, Paul said. He's talking to the church of Corinth. Y'all are complaining about God. Y'all are complaining about this, complaining about that. He said, don't murmur. As some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyers. You remember those people that were saying Paul wasn't an apostle and they were big shots and they were talking down to Paul? That's what he's addressing right here. Let me tell you what happened. I'm going to make this brief because I'm trying to wrap this up. This is the story of Korah. They're out there and they're going through the wilderness, and you got this prominent fellow named Korah. And, and, and he doesn't feel like he's got a fair shake in life, and he, he feels like he ought to be. Tell us some more, fellas. They decided, you know what? Moses and Aaron got too much stuff on their plate. We need to be high priests, too, so we can help them out So Moses said, I'll tell you what we'll do. Everybody get an incense fan. It's 250 of y'all who can do this. So y'all get an incense fan, and, and Aaron will get his incense fan. Tomorrow, y'all bring all your incense before the Lord. We'll see if it's decent. Well, next day, we'll God said, hey, everybody need to get back away from their tents right now. Y'all back away from their tents and call all their people out there. So all their, their wives and their, and their children, everybody stood out. These are men in the tents. They said, we don't do it our way. Here was God said, we're going we to take over and do things our way. God said, call them all out in front of their tents. And when they did, he told everybody to get back. God opened the ground up and 
swallowed them and closed up on them. The Bible says, here's how it went. Verse 46, And Moses said unto Aaron, Take a censer and put fire therein from off the altar and put on incense and go quickly into the congregation and make an atonement for them. For there is wrath going out from the Lord. The plague is begun. And Aaron took as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the congregation. And behold, the plague was begun among the people. And he put on incense and made an atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living. And the plague was stayed. Now they that died in the plague were 14,700 beside them that died about the matter of Korah. I get the impression from this. When we start following God, Again, that these are dead end roads that we don't need to go down. What do we do? Please forgive me. Lord, I have listened to this world. I have followed this world and its ideology. I've listened to that TV. I've listened to that movie theater. I've listened to that, that, that phone. I've listened to the music today. And all these things are telling me to go my own way and do my own thing and follow this world and its system and its fleshly life. And God forgive me. That's what folks need to do. If we want God's blessing in our life, if we want God to bless our church, if we want God to bless our marriage, if we want God to bless our children, our home, our family, we need to repent of the way that the devil is pulling us away from God. Today is an excellent time to get things right between you and God. Let me share with you the last two verses, and I'm closing this up. Paul said, now all these things happened unto them for examples. They, it's an example for us. They are written for our admonition, in other, words, in other words, to correct us, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Can you not understand we're living in the last days? Y'all understand that? Listen, we ain't far from Jesus coming. I mean, this thing can't keep going like it's going for very much longer. This world is coming unwound. This Western world we live in is in its last days. And all anybody's got to do is look at what's going on in our government and see that. This thing is falling apart, and it ain't never going to be fixed. God help us. We need to be looking for Christ to return. And we need to be looking around and, and, and showing up our lives. Amen? We, 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 need to, we need to examine ourselves, as the Bible says. Examine yourselves. Take a look. We're good at looking at other people. We're good at pointing the finger and saying, that's what's wrong with you and you and you. But we're not good at going, this is what's wrong with you, fella. We need to look at man in the mirror in the eyes and say, you got some problems and we need to get fixed. And I can tell you right now, you can't fix them. There's one place you can get them fixed. It's right now. Get them on, get down on your knees and, and take them to God and, and quit crying. Let me, let me tell you. Thank you.
Thank you, Lord, for the for this time of invitation. And Father, I pray this morning for the folks that are here. I pray, Lord, for those who have heard the message, and I pray, Spirit of God, that you work in hearts. Lord, that you do a work in us. Father, you draw people to salvation. You draw people to repentance. You draw them to rededication. Father God, do a work in our life. Holy Spirit of God, work in us now and do what we cannot do. Draw people to Christ. Draw people, Lord, to to. Uh, a restoration of things, Lord, that things might be made right in their lives. Father God, we just pray now that you do a work in a mighty way, and we'll give you the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 162, let's stand together. Lord, I'm coming home. Just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.